when you're starting out, it's so difficult to, to get these sponsors, but you will get them. Those big companies are looking to put their money somewhere um, to help the local community. There is no financial ROI to really sponsoring an F1 in schools team. Actually starting an F1 in schools um, is, is a very expensive thing. There's so many things in this competition <laughs> you just don't learn in school. Hello and welcome to Off The Track. My name is Peter and in this episode we're going to be talking a little bit about community outreach and sponsorships. And this is an area which has changed considerably over the past two years due to the pandemic. Um, and with me today to help explore this is Matthew. Hello. And we've got members from the UK team Eclipse. So we have Javier. Hello. Evie. Hi. And Tom. Hello. So do you guys just want to give us a little bit of a background about who you are? Yeah, of course. Um, so our team name is Eclipse. Um, I'm team principal. Uh, Tom is an engineering manager and Evie is enterprise manager. We're missing two members today, um, but uh, we've got here three of us here to represent us um, for this podcast. Um, so in the competition so far, uh, we've had a bit of success. Uh, we started competing uh, at the very end of 2019. And our first competition uh, was at the, just the beginning of 2020, uh, where we, we became North London Regional Champions. Uh, and then this led on to becoming third place national finalists in 2020. Uh, and then ironically enough, uh, in 2021, this again repeated, um, with the only difference being that at the national finals, uh, we were crowned English champions uh, and won the Best Verbal Presentation Award. Um, outside of the competition, uh, we've, we've done a lot of work in our community. Uh, so for example, uh, we've run our primary STEM project, uh, run a number of outreach events, um, created a very specific return on investment scheme for our partners um, and genuinely just had uh, an interest in making a difference in our local community. Excellent. So let's get back to basics and what is community outreach and sponsorship? How would you kind of explain that? So in essence, community outreach is how your team interacts with your community uh, we run a few projects here and there, like the primary STEM project. You could run a recycling project or just genuinely getting yourself involved with the community. And sponsorship is the, the money, the, uh, the advice and the manufacturing aid that you, that you get from partners that you've worked with. Um, we've had partners in the community. We've had partners across the whole of the country and we've spoken to people across the world and they're just people that will properly help your project to the best of your ability. Cool, and why why is it important that we do community outreach and sponsorship? Apart from it being on the scorecards, why, why do we need to do it? <laughs> yeah, although there aren't really um, kind of specific points on the, sport, on the scorecards, um, it, it really makes yourself um, look good for the judges. Um, if they've seen that you've made an effort to um, reach out into your community to make a difference in your community. Um, it's worth doing not only to promote yourself as a team uh, and promoting your sponsors, but it also promotes F1 in schools and I think they really like that. Um, it's also good to talk about in your verbal presentation and your enterprise portfolio as uh, two big things in these are collaborations and marketing. Um, so it, you help pick up points in these sections. Um, in terms of sponsorship, 
um, there are points awarded in the 2022 World Finals in the form of having a sponsor slash partner hierarchy. Um, so for us personally, that's our return on investment scheme. So we set out different. Um, sorry, uh, we set out different. Ah, um, oh, what's the word? We've got different uh, levels of our hierarchy. There we go. That's the word. Um, and uh, so we give back to our platinum sponsor more than we do to our bronze sponsor, for example. Um, so all of our sponsors are really getting out of it what they put in. Um, so not only does this help us for the judges, but um, posting it on social media also makes you look more friendly to the other teams and uh, just makes you yeah look a bit more appealing to everyone else. Awesome. So obviously the past two years have been pretty different to how it used to be before the pandemic. So how how is your sort of community and outreach kind of been tailored towards the pandemic? Obviously during lockdowns, you know, you can't really go and visit your sponsors in person, do community events in person. Um, so can you give us some examples of how you kind of navigated that during the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. I think lockdown has been a challenge for every single team. And we, as, we, as soon as lockdown started, just did weekly Zoom calls. And from this, we then started calling other teams from across the world. We were invited to join um, uh, calls with uh, Brazilian Six and Aquila Racing in India. And it just kind of developed over time. We used the time in lockdown to focus on our social media a lot because the marketing element of it, it wasn't it wasn't important in terms of the rules, but we thought it would be a really good way to like promote ourselves as a team in the time when we couldn't go to physical events. And then as lockdown kind of slowed down, we were able to go out more. We went to some events with BAE Systems. So there was a gaming festival nearby and we went to that with uh, BAE Systems and we were able to start the primary STEM project. It had been in the pipeline and we used the time in lockdown to like organize ourselves, get together what we really needed, had the calls with the sponsors. And then as soon as it was over, we were able to properly get into our community. So I think lockdown especially, we just used the time to learn about each other and to like plan things. This is where Javier properly like made proper organizational documents. We, we sorted our... Um, our Google Drive out and just everything became a lot smoother. And so when we came out of lockdown, we were able to just get straight involved with everything we could. So it sounds like yeah, you so lockdown. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Just go ahead. No, go ahead. Honestly. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, it seems like you've really used lockdown, you know, really efficiently to kind of make sure that when lockdown ended, you could hit the ground running. Um, so yeah, and make the most of the time th out of lockdown. I think that would actually, that lockdowns could actually be a great opportunity for this because you've just got so much more free time. You can just focus on organization. Um, and you know, there's not much to distract you. No. Yeah. You know, that's a great, it's a great point. Um, I think during lockdown, um, to be honest, it's where we are most productive, um, Personally, myself, uh, I was in the year where my, all my exams got cancelled. Um, so those, you know, I think it was like four or five months uh, straight of just not having any responsibility to do school. It was just F1 in schools. Um, and I think without that time, I'm not sure we would have had that 
you know, that, that much progress um, in such a short space of time. Um, but fortunately enough, just before the pandemic began, uh, we were able to secure a deal uh, with our plat now platinum sponsor, uh, BA Systems. Um, so over the break, whilst we were you know, really starting out as a team developing, uh, we were able to form a partnership with them. Um, so we developed our portfolios, um, our developer presentations, and you know, all other project elements uh, over this time um, with, with their advice. And this also included kind manufacture. Um, obviously, we weren't able to go in school, into school. Um, so actually making our parts and assembling um, everything was, you know, it was probably our biggest challenge um, above everything else. Um, but just I think the point with that is that having um, having a sponsor that can cover all of the bases of you know finance um, advice and your manufacture um, is really really ideal. Um, obviously, you know we understand not every team can have that, and we are really fortunate um, to have them on our side. Um, they're an amazing company, and you know they've they've supported us um, obviously through the, throughout the pandemic, um, and you know every um, you know for example our primary STEM project where we've needed that funding. Um, they've always been more than happy um, to help us out. Um, but yeah, that obviously, again, making the point, it's not hard. It's hard to get someone like that. Um, but there are a few points um, points to look at where you can do something, uh, which I think Tom is um, very happy to speak about. Yeah. Um, so kind of one of the things that we did was um, look to get a, have a unique selling point, um, which helped bring in more more sponsors. Um, and make us more appealing to sponsors. Um, ours came from our um, our ethos, which is innovative engineering for the future. Um, we want to get as many people involved in STEM as possible through showing them like the, f the fun things you can get up to, really. Um, so we started off with little product projects um, we ran in school. So we had a technology club where the year seven students um, all made their own little cars and raced them. So they did a kind of mini competition. Um, but then we kind of built this up over time and we've now got our primary STEM project, which um, is a whole day where a primary school comes into us um, in our secondary school. And we run them a whole day of designing cars, building cars, and then we eventually race them down the track at the end of the day and uh, we get a winner from that. So it's kind of making a competition out of it, making it more appealing to these younger students so that they um, can get involved with it a bit more. Um, with, all, with our sponsors as well, it, we have quite a lot of sponsors. Um, it's more useful having sponsors from lots of different areas um, so that we can kind of get as much in as possible. So having areas of from different industries gives us all these different industry expertise that we can then put together for our competition. I think going back to our platinum sponsor, sorry, um, is... I, I know it takes quite a lot of time to just understand your sponsors and I know that our sponsor BAE Systems, they really like community involvement as well and so lots of our financial aid from them has come in come in so we can give it back to the community so as they're, they're happy to sponsor us as long as we give it back to the community because it's really important for them and I think this is the same with lots of big sponsors. Um, it's really hard to get them to start off with, you have to you have to properly promote yourself to them and say why you're going, why you, why they, their money coming into you will benefit them. And I think lots of the time this is giving back to the community. It's so important to give back to the community, not just for yourself and your own like feel good factor, but it's 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 a big point for lots of sponsors. And just jumping in there real quick, um, 
in terms of giving back to the sponsors or a return on investment, I feel like a, a mistake a lot of teams make is they try to do the give back. Their, their return on investment is things like logo on the car or you know logo on the pit display, those kinds of things. And that's not really what those businesses want. There is no financial ROI to really sponsoring an F1 and schools team. What they want is they want to see more um, community things happening, like what you said with your primary STEM, primary STEM challenge and things like that. Uh, yeah, I think. It's, oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say it's just you know I think it's also part of that social responsibility companies have as well, just to kind of you know, especially for mm. those kind of companies that are kind of STEM aligned, um, and I can mm. see why BI. BAE Systems would want to sponsor you because it's, you know, they are an aerospace company, they're an engineering company um, so it gives it has a benefit to them because in the future, you know they might be supporting people who might work for them in the future um, and then another very good point I think you mentioned is that trying to find teams, uh, sorry, trying to find a sponsor for each kind of area um, which I don't think a lot of teams do did you manage to find a sponsor for every area or is it just for a few? Uh, I think we we don't have um, financial sponsors from every area, but we've able we've able to reach out to different people. So we've reached out to someone called Marcus Orlovsky, who is an ex TEDx um, teacher and public speaker, and he really helped us um, with our presentation skills. So things like that. Although you someone may not class it as sponsorship, we found it still really helpful advice getting those people in, um, yeah, to help us out in that in that sort of area. I think it's just building up your network as much as you can because like these are people that we've met at events and things um, and it's just holding on to them, making sure you carry on emailing them. So we do um, a month, not monthly, a termly, so school term, newsletter that we send back to our sponsors, just updating them. And, and I think just refreshing them on what you're doing keeps them active with you as a team, um, having regular meetings with them just to just to stay connected with them building up your network is so valuable in getting sponsors and i think lots of new teams they've got quite a shallow network so i think just building your network up as much as possible will lead to so many opportunities yeah i i i have to agree with evie there and i think just just to quickly um go back to matthew's point um about you know having a logo on a car um i think being active um is really what they want to see I think just to clarify that point, that what they want to see is that you're doing something, uh, which is why lockdown was so hard, actively and physically to you know promote that brand that's sponsoring you um, positively. Um, so you know if you're putting your logo on the car, um, you know maybe a thousand people see that, or maybe you know a few thousand people see that, but you know that is not going to lead to them. Uh, that's not going to lead to them you know increasing their sales um, or anything like that. It is definitely more that does this team um, look like they're doing something positive for the community? Um, do we want to back this? And a lot of times those big companies are looking to put their money somewhere um, to help the local community. Obviously, beer systems, they were based uh, down in Rochester, um, which is not too far away from us. Um, so, you know, they are directly impacting um, this community. I think that's, yeah, something that teams, sorry, it's something a lot of teams don't realise is that you know, sponsoring someone like a like a proper, you know, a football team, for example, in the Premier League, mm. that's not the same as sponsoring an F1 in schools team. 
because as you said, Javier, you know no. they're not they're not getting any sales out of sponsoring an F one in schools team. So I think when you know when you approach sponsors, um, you kind of have to keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, and mm. be honest with them. I think is pretty pretty important. You know that they're not going to get sales from it, but it's they're helping out the community. Is that kind of how you approach sponsors? Did you kind of go about it in that way? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, sure. Um, yeah. I think that's absolutely how we went forward. We were completely honest. Um, I think the way you approach sponsors, I think, is very important. Um, we've definitely been guilty of it before. You know, sometimes being a bit too pushy does put people off. Um, we we eventually worked out a kind of system that we found worked for us. Might not work for everyone, um, but that was through you know a letter, email, and phone process. Um, so you start by sending you know the quote unquote old fashioned uh, method of sending you know, a letter to them, to the, to the business. Um, if you don't get you know, a reply within two weeks, let's say, uh, then you follow it up with an email. Um, and, you know, maybe they're more likely to see that. Um, and then again, you know, you know, hopefully that goes through and then you can uh, sort something out. But if not, um, the last thing is you know, a bit of nagging. It's you know, through a phone call, um, you know, phoning up and say, oh, we're, we're um, this, we're doing this. Um, this is what we want to form with you. Um, and you know, if they're not happy, I think you've just got to take it in the chin and move on. Um, there's so many companies that will help you. Obviously, through lockdown, that wasn't um, as prominent. But now, as things are starting to get open again, um, you know that's that's much uh, much more uh, feasible. So um, yeah, I, I completely agree with uh, Peter's point. Yeah, and I was just going to ask. You mentioned lockdown there. Did you find that yeah, a lot of sponsors or businesses were difficult or a bit reluctant to? Uh, sponsor you financially because of you know because of covid because you know they're yeah. trying to reduce costs where possible so it wasn't really in their interest to kind of sponsor a team did you find that was the case yeah no, yeah definitely. definitely um oh sorry tom no you, sorry, can, you tom, can take no. away with this point yeah definitely and i think we're still we're still kind of getting getting um the backlog of backlog of that now at the moment um we're reaching out to companies and they're still a little bit reluctant to help us out. Um, but hopefully in the coming years, probably by the end of even this year, um, yeah, they'll be a lot more um, able to help out with things like F1 in schools. And I think you just have to think outside the box a little bit because in lockdown, they were a little bit hesitant to give us financial advice, but because they, like us, had a lot more time, they could help us. So we we regularly called BA Systems and they helped us go through our portfolios and know maybe you should do this a little bit differently. Like, I think I think you, it is just definitely not not thinking very black and white. We have to get a sponsor. They need to give us money. We can do our like just thinking how you can work with them differently because that's something that we managed to do in lockdown quite efficiently. I think that's yeah, that's a really good way to go about it. You know, even if um, they couldn't give you financial advice, yeah, being able to get other advice in other ways was pretty is pretty pretty efficient um i was just going to ask here in australia the federal government gives out grants to stem teams is that something that the uk government does it's not it's not something we've heard of um you know maybe it was a thing uh, at one point but no we've never um it's never been advertised to us or anything so unless we've missed something um i'm gonna say no well, it's sort of, you, there, there's no like direct STEM grant as it is, but you, you can be creative with it. The government gets out a lot of grants. Yeah, um, I think it's something called like Innovating Australia or something. 
Yeah, um, we, we had one from Oz Industry. Yeah, something um, like that. It was 10, 10 grand from Oz Industry. Yeah, um, which is, yeah, it's pretty substantial amounts of money. So yeah, I was just wondering if, you know, um, maybe that's yeah. why Australian teams are so good. I don't know, but... <laughs> <laughs> We're quite fortunate at Arsenal. Yeah. We've, um, yeah. sorry, Javier. We've like built a quite. Our, our head teacher is a tech teacher, so I know lots of schools in the UK. As I understand, in Australia, it's quite a bit like F one in schools is built into schools quite a lot. Um, not all the schools in the area do it. It's it's just a very independent thing. Um, but because because our head teacher is a tech teacher, and we've managed to like establish our tech department with our with our sponsorship and also money from the school we've got quite like a good space to work with um i think that's uh, we're quite fortunate with that but i think lots of other teams they have to go to businesses for um so we've got a cnc router i think lots of teams don't have that so there's a there's a definite resource uh, pressure from lots of other teams that we're fortunate not to have at the moment yeah i think I think that is a really good point that Evie's just made. Um, I think the starting costs um, is something that, you know, I had a light bulb moment there. I think we didn't mention that pre- uh, before, but um, actually starting an F1 in schools um, is, is a very expensive thing. Um, we're very, like, very lucky um, to have the resources we need um, at school, but we, you know, we know for a fact there's not, not every school in the United Kingdom, um, you know, has the resources or has the funds to do that. Um, so, um, in terms of the differences between Australia and the UK, um, I'd say, yeah, you know, in an unbiased opinion, I don't think we get as much backing. Um, I think, it's, as Evie was saying, it's, I think it's quite a lot more independent here. Um, but if it's any motivation to smaller teams um, in the UK, um, I think when you're actually finding these sponsors, um, you know, and, and well, the way you're approaching them, I think that does build up a lot, large part of your enterprise portfolio, for example. Um, I think, you know, on top of everything else, getting those funds and then thinking oh i've got to do all of these other things um in reality a lot a lot of getting sponsorship does actually bulk up that portfolio um so yeah that's my only uh that's the only thought i had uh, bouncing off evie or even collaborating with other teams in the local area that may have resources that you need like another school that might have the equipment Mm. that you need i think that's a free way of getting the the resources that people might not think about because it's very, very easy to become friendly with another team. We've we've made lots of connections that has like helped us a lot in the competition that I think other people could bounce off of. Yeah, no, that sounds brilliant. Um, just rewinding a little bit with approaching sponsors, how did you decide which sponsors or which businesses to approach? Were you kind of like a kind of scattergun approach, just kind of firing out? stuff to sponsors everywhere contacting you know all different kinds of businesses or did you really target what kind of businesses you wanted to approach and you kind of went like right we need like an engineering sponsor and we need you know someone who's maybe good in finance etc etc so what kind of approach did you use i think i think we looked at where we lacked um so at the start when we were we were you know very beginning as a team we looked at our skill sets and thought right this is something we're good at um but what are we really lacking and could get help on? So uh, one of those things was literally a very simple thing, our bearings for our car. Um, we had didn't know where to get them from. Um, so obviously that was a very specific thing. Um, we knew that Carter bearings um, had been with the school for a while um, and we know other teams uh, in the UK had used them. So we thought, you know, 
let's test these bearings, see how good they are. Thankfully, they were just as we expected. Um, but when it comes to things like um, our pit space, for example, um, again, I think you've just got to you've just got to target as many people as you can. It, it's, it's, I think it's um, it does depend. Um, with stuff like you know very specific components for a car, um, for example, like three D printing, um, we use three D Print UK, um, and they're an amazing company. But that's not some that's not um, an area where we looked into loads of companies. Um, it was just something that was uh, quite general. Um, but then when it came to uh, big companies, you know, I, th I do think that's when it starts uh, becoming, as you said, Peter, you know, just firing out emails uh, from all cylinders um, and seeing who replies um, and just hoping someone will uh, notice you. Um, yeah. So how, how did you approach sponsors? Was it kind of all digital based? Was it via email and text messages and phone calls and that sort of stuff? Or were you able to approach them, you know, in person? And did you use kind of a prospectus? Was it all just kind of like emails and written word? Yeah, so I think to start off with, we mentioned we sent le um, sent letters to start off with, then emails, then phone calls. Um, but recently, it's kind of been harder um, sending letters and like meeting up with people. So we've done a lot of email work, um, and just so we have a set letter that we attach to our emails, um, signed by all the team, and it kind of just details the competition, who we are what we've done, what we aim to achieve, um, and then how they could help us um, in that sense. And we also attach our sponsorship hierarchy. So uh, it kind of shows them how much they want to sponsor us with and how much they'll get back in return. So um, I think these two documents are quite key to uh, attach to your email. Um, and then you kind of, your email acts like a covering letter and then the letter attached acts as like your CV um, just to kind of, yeah, make yourself as appealing to these sponsors as possible. And did you find that you had to refine your process over time? Did you find that certain kind of approaches worked better than others? Yeah, definitely. I think to start with, we weren't as successful. Um, but now we're kind of, after working with BAE and kind of seeing how they responded to us and stuff like that, it's, it's helped us um, look into our process a bit more um, and so with, with sponsors we've contacted recently um, in regards to our uniform and stuff like that, we've kind of we've shown them what, what we can do um, a bit more um, and shown them how they can get out of it and shown them kind of the things we've already achieved, um, which is a little more helpful as we've been in the competition for the past two years. And um, so maybe, maybe not might not be as helpful for teams that are just starting out. But I think showing, showing actually showing them something that you've done is, is quite important. Another like wish-washy kind of point, we, um, in lockdown, we spent a lot of time learning about each other and one of the things that BA Systems taught us is to use a personality profiling system and Tom and Maisie are very, they're yellow, they're very outgoing people and so <laughs> we, we, they're the people that usually pick up the phone. Um, I, I know I am not the person to answer the phone from sponsors but a lot of the time um, so Maisie's in charge of the pit display and the uniform so she's she's been contacting the sponsors the most about that um, but yeah I think that's what's worked best for us personally I think learning about each other is really valuable for being able to contact sponsors better because if everyone's got access to the email everyone's answering the phone I think it gets a lot more chaotic and the more professional you can do it the more likely sponsors are gonna gonna respond to you 
And another another point coming off of that is if they don't respond, perhaps there's someone that from your network. So um, Guardian Displays has helped us with our pit display. We actually met them through one of our early sponsors, Rightshore. Um, so so just building building your network. A couple of other pit display based companies didn't respond, but because we had that network and the link, they were much more likely to respond, and it actually worked. So. Um, yeah, I think just learning about your sponsors and your team is very, very beneficial. Mm. And yeah, there's two very good points there, you know, about networking, which you've mentioned a few times now, you know, yeah, it's, it's yeah. has so many benefits. Um, and not just during the competition, I think you'll find, you know, when you leave the competition as well, you'll still have those contacts that you can reach out to maybe if you want to do work mm. experience or if you want to go for a job there someday, you know, that's yeah. pretty helpful there's to have. plenty of benefits not not direct that you'll never be able to see absolutely um, from just you know knowing people yeah you learn and yeah, how another to good point. email you better as well sorry yes absolutely no, no that's like, a great point like yeah, you yeah. develop so many core skills that you'll take on to the future especially with working with sponsors i know we don't we don't learn that in school no there's so many things <laughs> in this composition you, you just don't learn in school and the traditional you know system doesn't really teach you um and yeah and the other sorry the other point you made as well about you know finding out each other's skill sets you really try to kind of aim tasks towards the people who are strongest with those skills um and yeah it sounds like you know that approach of trying to dedicate the um task of reaching out to sponsors just to a few people because otherwise then it seems and also a good point with doing that is everything appears to be consistent if it's the same people who are doing it. Whereas if you have multiple people doing it, it does seem chaotic, like you said. Um, so those are some really good tips there. Um, all right. I think that's all been pretty good. I mean, does anyone else have anything to add or that they'd want to talk about? Yeah, I think there was, there was just one uh, last thing, which I think Evie's going to find funny if I say. Um, but I think having a plan of what, what you want to achieve... Um, in you know like a month two months three months and you know going forwards through throughout that time um i couldn't i couldn't really stress it enough how important that's been for us and um, of course i'm going to say that because you know i'm team principal of the team and um obviously all the organizational and management um sides but um you know having you know the status reports that, that's been emphasized and in the project management um guide for the world finals um you know something that's really helped us is at the end of you know maybe not necessarily you don't have to do it every week. That is really helpful, obviously. Um, you know, even if it's, you know, every fortnight looking at um, what, what's gone well in those two weeks, what could you have done better? But also, you know, acknowledging what have you achieved in those two weeks? Um, so you can, you know, you've got a bit of motivation to move forwards. Um, but yeah, just drawing back on, on everything we've said, um, I think, again, just to emphasize that it's what do we want? How can we do that? Um, and then what can we do to increase your chances of being able to do it? Um, and I think that if you, if you follow that three-step kind of guide, um, I think, you know, you'll find success at one, one point down the line. Um, side note off of what Javier just said, I think it's so important not to get stressed about project creep because we, mm. all the time, all the time, we're, we're running over deadlines. And I know that the competition regulations weren't released as soon as a lot of like teams wanted them I know we were very ready to get our hands on it and start writing our portfolios 
But just think about it. Like that time is so valuable for contacting your sponsors and building up. You can build up everything else other than writing your portfolios. And I think just just changing it. Plans will change. So Javier was saying about this weekly plan. They will yeah. change. You will lose sponsors. Yeah. You will gain sponsors. Mm-hmm. But I think don't stress about it too much. They will come over time. At the start, we only had like one, two sponsors. One of them was someone's relative. Like they will develop over time. And now we have a whole heap of sponsors that if we needed a pit to stay, we have someone to contact about that. If we needed um, aid on our presentation, we got someone to go for that. And if we don't have someone to go for it, we now have the ability to go say, oh, do you know so-and-so that can help us with this? So I think just keep working on it. Like we've mentioned previously, when you're starting out, it's so difficult to to get these sponsors, but you will get them. And just keep trying, keep keep practicing and you'll get you'll get better over time you'll be able to contact them easier and it just over t- over time it will get better so just trust the process <laughs> that's all i wanted to say uh, no i think that's a really good thing you know and it's kind of boils down to iteration like with other aspects like engineering you know it's kind of iterating your process every time you reach out to a sponsor you're kind of like all right that worked well and that didn't work well so maybe we need to improve on that so it's continuously mm-hmm improving um with everything you know not just with sponsorship but it also goes for other areas um, i think that's really key and that's as well that's what the judges want to hear as well when you go to present to them they want to see you know not that you're completely perfect they want to see that you have maybe failed or you maybe have you know you haven't done everything right but then you can say to them okay we've identified that and this is how we improved it during the project and that's something judges really enjoy seeing and as a judge that's something i really enjoy seeing as well um so, and yeah, it's not linear. No. It's not linear. It's like a roller coaster. Absolutely. You'll have bad weeks and good weeks. Yeah. And yeah, if the past two years have taught us anything, you know, it's to just be flexible. Um, mm. Not everything will always go your way, but that's the world, the way the world is at the moment. Oh, very last thing. If anyone uh, did want to, um, I, don't know, I thought, I thought maybe you might shout it out, but um, if anyone does want to talk to us. Um, you know, we've always really been happy to, to speak to new teams. Um, um, we love the competition. Um, so in any way we can help any uh, anyone starting out, um, you can contact us uh, through... All of the links are on our website, which is eclipse-gb.com. Um, so just head over there if you want to, um, yeah, get in touch. That's amazing. Is that just for people in the UK or is that open to anyone? No, world, world, yeah, worldwide, yeah, anyone. Yeah. Awesome. That's very uh, very generous of you. So Javier, do you want to just kind of wrap up what we've uh, what we've learnt today in today's episode? Sure, that that is absolutely fine. Um, so I think the main points uh, we wanted to stress, um, rounding everything in together, is you know, don't give up. I think, it, as you said, it's really hard to start out, um, but if you if you trust the process and you you learn from your mistakes, because um, they're always going to happen, um, you will get. To that point where you've got enough people and you, your your network's big enough that you've got somewhere to go, um, and as well as that, I think we also wanted to add on um, that it's really it's, it's really essential that um, you kind of you, you don't worry about writing your portfolios right from day one, building those, those things up and um, focusing on yourself, learning about each other because that's going to help a um, hundred times when you're um, you know coming to the end of your journey like we are. Um, is um is really important. So I don't know if Evie or Tom had anything else they want to add, um, but those are some some points. Um, yeah, yeah, that I wanted to conclude on. 
just practice makes perfect and make sure you sell yourself the best you can to your sponsors and just be yourself right awesome um so thank you for listening to today's episode of off the track thank you thank you for listening to off the track if you enjoyed this episode rate us five stars on apple podcasts it really does help and share the podcast with someone else who may find it useful stay up to date with us by following us on instagram at off the track podcast and visit off the for the latest news